Media Plus with me, Charlotte Henry, a new-ish, still new-ish podcast from the Mac Observer. Um, we, we discuss the digital media world, how it connects with Apple, and also look at it more broadly. And today that's definitely what we're doing because we've got a bit of a Facebook focus show. No, stay with us. It's going to be okay. We And I, I'm delighted to be joined by Mick Wright, who writes the media criticism Substack newsletter, Conquest of the Useless. He's a journalist, has done a whole host of other stuff as well. Mick, thanks for joining me. Oh, glad to be here. Go on, give, us a, give us a quick intro, Mick 101. Uh, so, okay, I started out in journalism on the... Um, on, on the esteemed financial trade magazine, Pensions World. And then I, I worked for Stuff Magazine. I was a technology writer for Stuff Magazine, uh, front section editor for Q Magazine for a while, uh, chief tech blogger for the Daily Telegraph for a period, uh, freelance for all sorts of people. So uh, yeah, I've been um, rocking around the media for about 15 years at this point. We, we've never managed to get rid of him here in the UK, is the truth of it. Yeah. <laughs> but... um. In Australia, on Facebook in Australia, they nearly did get rid of the media, or certainly the news. Now, we nearly recorded this show a bit earlier, and we're very pleased we didn't, because we're recording it on Tuesday, the 23rd, the day it's going to go out. And that morning, UK time, probably, uh, yeah, the evening before, whatever, Australian time, um, slightly lost track of my time zones, the news broke that Facebook has now will be i don't think it's happened instantly but will be restoring news content to users in australia now for those who have been following along at home this has been going on a while this little row between australia the australian government australian media and facebook Nick, what's your take on it? Give us your sort of big picture view and a bit of the background on this because it has been rumbling on a while and it's quite a lot of flexing of muscles from quite a lot of different people. Yeah, so basically the Australian government w- was bringing in a new a new code which would have required um, tech platforms like Facebook to, subject, uh, to submit to binding arbitration if they couldn't reach deals with news publishers um, to pay for uh, content that was shared on their on their platforms uh, and uh, facebook decided on the 18th of february that its way of of showing that it that it was not going to be uh, i suppose in its view pushed around by the australian government was that it blocked all australian news from it from facebook on on february the 18th and that had some fairly serious side effects in that it yeah. also blocked access to health information um, from non-profits and others in, in Australia. And of course, we're still, we are still, although the uh, situation is far better in Australia than it is in the UK, uh, in the middle of a global pandemic. So that that's hardly a good PR uh, line. Um, yeah, and my view on it broadly is is, 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 is semi in line with something the Press Gazette said. They described um, the pre- what face- yeah, the Press Gazette for our American listeners is the kind of UK media trade magazine here. Yeah, they, so they they caught, they said the move was abrupt, crude, petulant, and short sighted. And I say that's that's from that's, Facebook. Yeah, that's pretty fair. Yeah, I mean the, the other side of it is that the Australian law or, 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 or attempt to change its regulations it doesn't really work either. When you look at you know when you start to say okay, well platforms need to pay for 
material that is linked on their platforms, it kind of breaks the internet in a sense because where do you stop with requiring not in a Kim Kardashian way? No, not in a Kim Kardashian way. But where does that stop? That is not that to me is 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 old fashioned legislators trying to take a very um, heavy handed way to to making sure that uh, news continues to have an economic value and obviously from a journalist point of view yeah I, I want people to pay for news i pay for loads of different subscriptions i think it's important that news has a has a value because otherwise the quality of it you know will continue to tumble down right. but on the other hand facebook is a worryingly extra national platform to me in the sense that it, it, its size and power means that it can effectively strong arm governments and does so a lot and if you look at who it hires it has got it had in recent years had this tendency to hire uh, people who have been at senior levels in governments across the world you know a, a very good example for the uk is the hiring of former uh deputy prime minister and leader of the liberal democrats nick clegg who is pretty much facebook's pr boss now and has been global, out there yeah he we've covered over with the mac observer he now leads a kind of global uh, public affairs effort from facebook relocated from the uk to the us um yeah I think exactly and the whole... directly to shell sandberg and mark zuckerberg doesn't he that's who he yeah he does to. yeah and and it basically for me it, it shows you what the way facebook thinks about things which is like it, it has a very powerful lobbying operation and its view is right i know we need to make governments do what we want them to do now of course you know apple's not averse to lobbying google certainly is although google's yeah, approach I mean, to the australian having a, a highly paid hopefully highly effective public affairs operation is not in itself uh, outrageous for any major industry or new or unexpected i mean this is what big tech companies do big companies in all sorts of industries have done they'll do uh, although it is an issue I, I for me politically overall it is a huge issue the power of lobbyists versus the power of the individual citizen to influence politicians is a huge issue more so in the u.s of course when money is speech uh legally um after citizens united in in, in the 2000s but the thing with Facebook is it it is almost like its own nation at this point and it feels if, a lot if you counted every Facebook user as a citizen of a country, it'd basically be one of the biggest countries in the world, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. And 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 it acts in a way like it is engaged in sort of um digital gunboat diplomacy when <laughs> and when another nation such as Australia threatens, you know, the borders of the Facebook nation. And, that, and that's an issue. Whether they were right or wrong in this case is a different thing in the sense that I do think the Australian law was short-sighted, uh, the Australian, you know, um, uh, regulations of policy was short-sighted. But what what Facebook did, shutting off of the news, is, in, is incredibly petulant and also doesn't compare well to how it has acted, say, when there were questions about, things being shared in Myanmar, um, which were, you know, leading to the repression of the Rohingya Muslims there, or its attitude to, to sharing in other repressive regimes, because it's much slower to take decisive action in those cases than it was when it felt that its, you know, corporate interests were 
were under threat. So let's, so let's fo- drill down on the Facebook clash a bit. And this specific incident, because there are other people who have argued, will argue, that basically this was the Australian government trying to shake down Facebook. And a couple, you know, in Australia, there are a couple, as I understand it, there are a couple of very powerful media families in Australia, one of whom, of course, is the Murdochs, who use uh, listeners on both sides of the Atlantic will be well aware of. Um, and they were, you know, we know the effect that Facebook in particular has had on uh, classified advertising, the, ad, the kind of revenues, advertising revenues that newspapers can get. Um, and that it's clearly had a financial effect on them, the way the content is shared, the way where people are spending their ad money, all of that kind of thing is real and documented. And we know about that as people who kind of follow this industry. And that there is an argument that the Australian government just said, well, Facebook, you've made life difficult for another industry. Give us your money or we're going to, we're going to use a gunboat diplomacy. As you, as you but that's 100% it. true. That's 100% true. But that both things can be true. In right. the sense, Facebook misuses its power, but um, the Australian government was essentially acting here as a proxy for, for m- m- mostly Rupert Murdoch and, 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 and News Corporation. And if you look at the way Google responded to it, they, they said, ah, okay, we'll do this big money deal with News Corporation. Uh, uh, theoretically, nothing to do with this, but it does feel like a payoff. It's a bit of a... Co- so yeah, let's let's look at Google's role in this. Google has done a the kind of deal Facebook was asked to do, whereby it was asked to pay public news producers, news co- publishers for content that went through the Google ecosystem. And it agreed some kind of deal, and face and Facebook did not want to do that kind of deal. It, it as as we've discussed, pulled news coverage through for, that you could access through Facebook, uh, with some, as you put it, very nasty side effects, because you know even campaign groups and things like that got thrown under the bus with this. Um, yeah, and the thing with the Google deal is Google will say, "Oh, it's nothing to do with this. It's just a sort of side." you know this deal is unrelated we were going to do it anyway it just so but happened it, to happen in the same week all this was kicking off yeah exactly and i mean you know if you're convinced of that i can sell you some big bridges in london <laughs> oh actually some very lovely bridges in london uh, as i recall last time i could venture into the lovely center part of our city but anyway it's you so let, let, and I do want to be fair to Facebook as well. So this is what Facebook's managing director for Australia and New Zealand said before today's development. While the government has made some changes, the proposed law fundamentally fails to understand how our services work. Unfortunately, this means people and news organisations in Australia are now restricted from posting news links and sharing or viewing Australian and international news content on Facebook. Globally, posting and sharing news links from Australian publishers is also restricted. To do this, we're using a combination of technologies to restrict news content, and we will have processes to review any content that was inadvertently removed. So that's quite a draconian step. It's a bit weird. It's a bit scary for in a, in a democracy like Australia for suddenly the news to disappear from a major portal through which people get the news. But as we say, everyone has seems to calm down today, the Tuesday, the 23rd. And 
their content, that news content is now being restored to Australia. I think it's still slightly coming out of the woodwork, what kind of deal has been done. But uh, apparently the Australian treasurer, Josh Frydenberg, so that would be the, you know, the treasury secretary or the chancellor here in the UK, said Facebook has refriended Australia. That was his quote. And so everyone seems to have slightly calmed down about it. But. Yes, but you know uh, Campbell Brown, who's 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 an ex journalist, who's now Facebook's vice president of Global News, has made it pretty clear that if they are unhappy again in the future, they will they they will do this again. They'll turn the switch off, and they'll turn the switch off in any country where they feel the government is engaged in you know is 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 pursuing policies that they don't like around news and the way that news is treated on facebook because you know. strategically facebook is trying to get more into the news game it's rolled out the news tab in the uk and the us you can now access that through the facebook app um it's clearly being a news curator is something it wants to get into it realizes people share information on it anyway and it wants to in the way that we might have Google News or use the Apple News app, also have that facility within the Facebook world. And it's, as I said, yeah, it's true. Uh, but but one of the things about this is the media industry itself should be extremely worried about how much it allows Facebook to um, further be uh, a dr- the driving force right. in how much traffic it gets. And it's and, and it, it would be a very good thing for the media industry if Google, Apple, and other platforms became more, you know, grabbed a greater percentage of that traffic. Because in the past, what's happened is Facebook, a few years ago, Facebook made it seem to news publishers that the key thing to get traffic from Facebook was to go, to pivot to vi- video, video, right? Yes, I was going to go to this. Um, produce, more video, it, produce more video content. Please di- upload that video directly to Facebook, um, you know, we know, for example, publications like BuzzFeed spent huge amounts of time, money and effort trying to produce that kind of content to kind of juice the Facebook algorithm, either to make people share it, to drive people to its various Facebook pages and so on. And they changed the algorithm and a number of uh, and, and some organisations that built themselves up on that just disappeared overnight, whereas others had to cut huge amounts of jobs and haven't recovered from it. Um, so for me, I often I, I, you know, Facebook is very much the fox in the media hen house and you, and, and I just, I, I, I'd be very dubious if I was senior executive in a media organization in trusting a, that, uh, any deal with Facebook is going to last in the long term, and B that Facebook, Facebook's rhetoric about caring about, um, the news and continue and, and the protection of, of, of public interest journalism is anything but you know empty <laughs> because that's it, it really it, well, it, the, this, the, the past doesn't bear out you know that their claims really and this brings us to a much wider conversation about media in the tech space so I, I think as journalists we're tempted to think the whole world is on twitter and that every conversation happens on twitter and that's what matters and the data that you could look at just simply does not bear that out. Orders of magnitude more people get links and information through Facebook or Google than they will ever do on Twitter. And those places have orders of magnitude more users. 
and on WhatsApp and another 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 app. Which is owned, like, there's a lot which of is owned by Facebook. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, yes, and they're particularly countries. I think India, in particular, is a huge uh, information d- distributes hugely through WhatsApp and places like that. Um, so we we've got all this, and then. Ha- and it has clear. it's totally shaken up the media industry. We know this, we, we discuss it on this show, we've discussed it on all sorts of other places. And so you've got finally got one government, you know, a big Western democracy saying, well, actually, you're slightly, this is, you know, you've, you've got to play by our rules a bit. And Facebook has gone, no, we don't. And we'll take away your toys. Um, what does this show us more generally then about how I think the phrase you used earlier was turn off the switch and that's how I'd been thinking about it and it I found it rather disturbing actually look we all know you know I've been reporting on Apple's battle with Epic Games for example now you can decide that Epic Games were a bit facetious and decided to try and bypass rules that they knew were there and had previously benefited from in the app store and then when Apple said well no you know you can't do that we um, we're kicking you off the app store. Epic Games have made a huge row about it. And fine, you, you can take either side of that view. But again, Apple was had the ability to turn off the switch of people playing Fortnite on their iPhones and iPads. Um, you know, my house, my rules. And it's a similar thing that's happened a bit with news in Australia. And Apple has its own news product as well. Now, it's slightly different because uh, Apple News you kind of collect your links, connect uh, to the the publications you want to follow or topics you want to follow. It's not so, it's not a social thing where you're sharing it with other people. Um, and obviously, there is a paid subscription model to that, from which presumably one would like to think uh, uh, the publishers benefit. Now, some publishers, I, I mean, I think New York Times, for example, just doesn't do anything through Apple News anymore, decided it was of no financial benefit and wanted to drive people to its own app. But uh, Apple has this platform whereby people can access news. Now, I think probably publishers are quite happy with that Apple system at the moment because either they're part of News Plus and they get paid for that or and Apple News is kind of presented, the free links are kind of presented in a nice way and they get some money or they sell that app through the App Store and subscriptions through the App Store. And if they do it through the App Store, well, they know they take the up to 30% hit. But again, Apple could, in theory, decide it doesn't like a publication and turn off the switch. And that, and these, and with, you know, you could say the same about Google. Google could make a new story, a a publication disappear in a search engine for in its search engine for example philosophically it gets it gets quite tricky right because it's it's like it's like the discussion around removing trump from from twitter or removing anyone from twitter or or any social platform right Right. or the way that that well the way that trump was removed from many many platforms in turn after after he he left office or you know um in the run-up to him leaving office philosophically you could say okay well um, Facebook's like a like a house and oh no like a shop you know and shops can stop certain people from coming into them if they want that's just you know the law we the law in the UK is if I'm a shopkeeper and I say I don't want these people to come in my shop I, I don't have to make let them come in my yeah, shop right private property but exactly exactly you say right well you, you, you're just not allowed to come in anymore but but then 
you start to look at platforms and see that platforms become when platforms become utilities, it becomes difficult. And then you come back to looking at cases like um, the breakup of um, you know uh, the telephone companies in the US when and and, and the pre- prevention of a monopoly control of telephone companies back then. So you start to say, well, is Facebook like a utility now? And to a certain extent, it is, and yeah. certainly when it was allowed to gain such market dominance through the purchase of Instagram, you know, the, the, uh, of WhatsApp, of other, uh, of Oculus, of these, just these building up this vast sort of um, network of companies, then it becomes an issue. And I start, and I am starting to think maybe it is a Marbell type situation and Facebook will at some point have to be uh, broken or split up in some way in the same way that that may have to happen to Amazon if the Amazon's market dominance continues. But the trouble with that is, is that if it's purely a US, the question of US law and the US taking a stand on those things, it will not do that. Why would it do that? It is a country where corporate donors uh, have a huge influence in politics. It's very unlikely that Democrats or Republicans are going to um, break down the monopoly power of those companies it's just not going to happen because the, because part of the power for those com- uh, the, the part of the power that those companies have uh, internationally also becomes a form of power for the US state so it is extremely complicated yeah and it is particularly complicated as we kind of come full circle and deal with it in the context of distributing news and published information that makes it particularly complicated. You know, never you can discuss freedom of speech and parlour and all these different complicated things. But we're talking about in the context of the Australian Facebook row, we're talking about, you know, known, respected news organisations with known, respected journalists, information that is in the public benefit to have access to through whatever platform you want to access it and to be able to share it and that was prevent and facebook showed that could be stopped yeah and it's a clash of individual speech versus versus i guess what you would call corporate speech and it it worries me and it as continues to worry me that these platforms have the power that they have because ultimately uh politicians in 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 western democracies tend tend to a document, yeah. D- 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 democracies like Australia or the UK or the US are very much driven by uh, a need. The politicians are driven by a need to keep getting money to have their pol- political parties running, and these and these um, big organisations are often involved in donating money either directly to politicians or via you know very opaque network of think tanks. So it's. This is not just about the speech of individuals to share links on Facebook. It's about how much in the views of individuals have any power versus the vast sort of corporate voice, which can can buy speech, uh, it, it can buy far more speech, essentially, and has yeah, more power I'm actually, to turn switch on and off. In the context of this, I'm actually more concerned with the concept that one company or two companies or three companies can basically turn off the information tap. Um, yeah. And I think, 
I don't want to, I'm not going to be, I don't think I am an Apple fanboy in this context, but clearly the effect of Facebook or Google turning off the news tap is more dramatic than Apple turning off the news news tap. Yeah, I think Apple's less interested in that as well. Because well, Apple, this because, is the interesting question. Because Apple is less interested in, it, it doesn't make its money uh, in any kind of, significant way from selling ads obviously there are some there's some sale, selling of ads within apple's business but very limited it yeah, likes that, to that's sell. not the game the game is not about collecting data to sell yeah, sell you yeah it likes to sell it likes to make a thing and sell it to a consumer so even apple, apple news is a is, is a play saying okay we have this these bundles now apple news is part of this bundle apple news is is a it gives you paying you either pay for apple news plus or you get it or you pay for it via a bundle and that's the value for apple is we're going to take we're going to take this thing from a supplier which is the news provider and we're going to bundle it and sell it to you and that makes sense to them so they have no interest in turning the tap off in that respect but is apple does apple have censorious tendencies yeah it does when it comes to uh what kind of product it's making for apple tv um certainly there's a sense that you know it's very interested in avoiding making product that will upset the chinese uh government and it's also been pretty censorious in the app store over the years you know i've been a tech journalist for a long time like you have and there's plenty of examples we can think of of apple choosing to to have put its corporate moral stance on things and ban certain apps or or not allow certain things yeah yes i mean it's just news is not the area that that's yeah ben smith was when he was on the show a couple of months ago made a similar point about china and some of the you know whatever one thinks of the apple tv plus content there is clearly some kind of filter that the stuff that is being produced goes through i have to say it is a lot more edgy than I even expected it to be. And that's not saying much, but, you know, uh, I often reference that first sequence in the morning show of, you know, once everyone stopped, once it stopped the close-up of the iPhones, um, (laughs) there's all the kind of, you know, there's lots of sex and drugs and death and swearing in the morning show throughout, actually. And, um, you know, it's not like other shows on there are particularly kind of softly, softly family-friendly. There's lots of quite edgy stuff on there. Um, but there's also Apple's uh, moral perspective go, go through a lot of those shows. I get lots of comments when I write about Apple TV+, Plus. people saying, oh, you know, this is not for me. There's, uh, I think some people refer to some of the content as very woke. It's very right on. It's very, you know, lots of people. So there is clearly an Apple moral filter that some of, at least some of that content goes through. And it would be fair to say um, on the Chinese thing, well, look, so, uh, or, or, yes. or avoiding upsetting the Chinese government. Well, uh, Disney does that in a, yes, constantly. Absolutely. Disney Plus is, is it, it does that constantly. And, 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 and there are issues with, the, with, with Disney having, you know, thanked the Chinese government or Chinese companies for assistance with things, companies that are then, you know, also have been found to be involved with, you know what? What uh, a lot of people would see as a, a oppressive moves, particularly yeah. towards Uyghur Muslims. So the Chinese thing is like, well, that's an issue in even in in Hollywood generally. So I, I don't want to sure. be massively unfair on Apple in that respect. No, no, no. But it's a it's a 
it is an issue that affects all major companies of which Apple is one. Um, but if those if the Apple filter started get applying to news content, that's a different conversation. Because there's kind of two conversations we've started to have here. One is how do big tech companies make sure that news content A gets to users and that those publishers are being paid properly for their content. You know, the people aren't reading news stories in a Facebook tab that that means that they get no advertise that publisher gets no advertising revenue, no click through, no anything. No, no incentive to subscribe to that publication and so on. And how do you and then also, how does the company's, uh, you know, corporate filter deal with that? It's two different conversations, I think. And I, I happen to think at this moment, one is more relevant to Apple than the other. Facebook, the conversation around Facebook is clearly around, A, its ability to turn the news on and off. And the fact that it has, whatever way you cut it, taken a huge chunk out of the print and digital advertising market. Um, but with Apple, I think it's more, one, it's a very limited news product still, both limited in use and take up and also kind of the publications you can access through it relatively, uh, and there's no ability to share. So it, it is quite a different thing, isn't it? Yeah. And it's, I think, yeah, I think Apple News Plus for me, it feels like, a, like so many things with Apple, a, uh, it's particularly good on glossy Yes. kind of high value things i quite like it like it's very good if you read a lot or want to read a lot of magazines yes it's there's quite, a load of like high-end magazines on there and the price versus the amount you get is great like that's that works i agree with um, you but yeah for, for for hard for hard news you're probably going to be if you're a big news consumer which obviously i have to be for the job i've set up for myself then i've got subscriptions to you know a number of newspapers and magazines and, and outlets that Apple Plus doesn't really serve me well for. But I think overall, actually, what we're saying with the two different conversations is there is one overarching concept, which is which is how how does the power of um, international corporates uh, interact with or clash with the power of individual states? That's the that's the overarching question that both cover, yeah. and that it, that is contained also within. You know the continuing questions about Apple and Epic, and how how uh, how much are massive corporations allowed to run platforms like app stores without uh, more uh, hard line regulation by and no by ability to, states? Yeah, and no ability to bypass it if you're a company with the capacity to do so. Yeah, exactly, and I and I think. I think in the end, what will have to happen, whether it's Amazon, Google, Facebook, any of the of the of the Fang companies, uh, Netflix as well, actually, is that there's going to have to be international cooperation and agreement over how you, we look at these transnational platforms that have a huge ability to shape the way uh, democracy and politics and news and the way that um, society discusses issues there has to be a, an international uh, international agreement over these things and laws that work on an international level because otherwise facebook will always be able to put a an individual government into an armbar unless of course it's the, the u.s government over which uh you know which has a better ability to to um 
bring Facebook to heel? Well, uh, luckily, neither you or I have any influence over these decisions or have to solve any of these problems, which I think is a great relief to almost anyone who could. I think it's. I think it would be a great relief to to those companies. I don't think they would like it if I was the regulator. And anyone who uses those (laughs) products. But um, thank you so much for joining me, Mick. Tell us where we can keep up with you. Uh, yes, uh, just follow me on Twitter, Broken Bottle Boy at Broken Bottle Boy, or um, yeah, uh, just Google um, Conquest of the Useless newsletter, and you'll find my newsletter. You can subscribe for free, but if you like it, you know, get a paid subscription. Help keep this um, independent media running. There we go. And you can find me obviously at themacobserver.com every day, and at Charlotte A Henry on the Twitter. And we will be back next week with a new episode on Media Plus. Thanks for joining me. Thank you.